You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. How's everybody doing? You all good? Oh, cool. All three of you. Thanks. Awesome. My name is Chase. I'm one of the pastors here. I work with the families, as you could tell earlier, and I'm just so excited that I get to, uh, to be up here. It's been a minute since I've been able to give you God's Word and uh, be on this platform. I've been all over a little bit and doing some outreach stuff for the church, and so, but I'm excited to, to speak to you guys. Are you excited to be here today? Come on now. It's so good. So good. Uh, it's starting to feel like summer. You know, anybody like summer out there? Yes? All right, it's cool, cool. Uh, I wore my summer shirt today, so you can thank me later, all right? That is a sick shirt. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's awesome. But I do, I work with the families, and I love getting to speak to the adult crowd, you know? Uh, I know there's like some college people in here, and maybe some students, but primarily it's the adults, because I, I'm used to speaking to students, right, or kids, and and I don't have to shush you guys ever when I'm preaching, for the most part. There are some of you that I'm, eh, but I don't have to shush you. And then there's uh, one thing I, I really love about this is I don't have to worry about like anybody making out on the back row, kissing. I mean, it's so good. Thank you. Thank you so much for not doing that. I know some of you may be like in that same mindset still. Like there was something about high school where you just like, you just want to go around and kiss people. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, I'm in high school. I want to kiss. That's what I want to do. So I'm going to go to church and do that. Okay. That's what I felt like. Right. So thank you for not doing that in here. Thank you so much. And so we're going to get, continue now with the Bible story. All right. So Anyway, I, I do. I love speaking to adults. I love speaking to students and kids because they keep me young. But they also keep me humble. You know what I mean? Like they don't, they let you know that I'm not cool. Like they let you know that you're not cool if you're almost 40 like I am. Okay, they let you know real quick. So I'm really, really happy to be in here. And uh, first service was great. It was wonderful. We're um, now, we're come, everybody's coming back in. And so it was just very, very good. And I brought props, you guys. I'm so excited this goes a lot better if you're engaged with me, okay? So I brought props, you guys. Yes, so good. The Bible tells us where two or more are gathered together, he is there also. And so can you imagine when two or more are gathered like this and then you bring props to spread the word and the gospel? What? Come on. It's going to be good. Are you guys prepared? I'm prepared, I think. Anyway, here we go. We're going to get started. If you got your Bibles, turn to Romans. Romans chapter 12. If you have the app, we were talking about the app. Make sure that you, um, you have that you, because there's verses in there. There's also some notes in there as well. And I was going to bring out the TV, but bless their hearts, I was like, I got fertilizer, I got weed and feed, I got a mower, I got the table. I was like, leave the, ta- leave the TV back there, be all right. So um, we're going to get started with just some scripture that I love so much because it's one of these verses that I always fall back on all the time because I believe in what I would call the spiritual act of worship. Like if I'm trying to figure out how to really do this thing, I look to this verse and it's Romans 12, 1. And it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. In some translations, it says, 
offer your bodies as alive, holy, right? Alive. And one of the reasons why I love that translation is because there's so many times, like I look on YouTube sometimes and there's like these songs that, how to make a happy song sad. (laughs) Has anyone ever seen that before? Okay, just me. Perfect. All right, so there's like how to make a happy song sad and they take like uh, a really happy song and they make it as dramatic and tearful as possible. Oh, it destroys my soul, okay? Like it hurts me. And one thing I love about that translation is it's saying like if you want to know how to do this, then offer your, your, your life, your soul as alive and awakened and holy this is your spiritual act of worship. So we're going to dig in that a little bit, a little bit more. But I thought we would just start there with saying, okay, we need to become alive. Alive. Will you guys pray with me? Jesus, Lord, I pray that today, I pray today that we focus on you. That they don't hear Chasen's words, but they hear your words. And I pray that we walk out of here different than the way we came in. Lord, I pray that they're energized today. I pray that uh, I speak clearly today. Lord, I pray that I I, uh, represent your kingdom and your word well. Lord, I love you so much. Thanks for this opportunity. You're the man. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, show of hands. Have you ever seen the show Home Improvement before out there? All right. Some of the youngsters are like, What? I don't know what, is it on TikTok? No, it's not on TikTok. It's home improvement, people. And there was a guy by the name of Wilson. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Wilson? Yeah, we got some Wilson fans. Okay, should have had him here. All right. Um, anyway, he was a guy, and he has, there was this fence always, and he was like this. Is the camera on me? Can y'all see it? Where he only, you only saw, is this right? Yeah. You only saw his face, or like his eyes, you know, but you never saw him speaking. And he said a line. Do you guys know what he always said? Howdy ho, neighbor. Right? Let's all do that together. One, two, three. Howdy ho, neighbor. And he never, you never saw his face, but he was always looking in to their, their yard and in on what they're doing. But he always had a lot of wisdom, right? He always had it. So think of Wilson without the complete wisdom that I feel like that's me. All right, I'm just going to be honest in this place. I'm always looking at the fence going, howdy ho, neighbor, right? And they don't know me at all, or, right? Or I'll talk to a stranger, never meet a stranger. And I'm, I'm talking to them, but what they don't know is I'm looking at all the stuff that I want that they have, okay? Howdy ho, neighbor. Man, that is a good looking John Deere back there. I really wish I had that. Or howdy ho, neighbor. Man, look at those. Look at that grass. Oh my gosh. His door's open. Look at the foyer. Yes. That's me, right? Like I'm just that guy. It is really bad. I'm really weird when I go camping. Okay, this is bad. My brother's here. He can probably test this. So what I do is I fake fix things to see what the other campsite has. Okay, so if this is my camper, I go around back. I'm like, well, it looks like there's a busted pipe. There's not a busted pipe. But man, that is good. Oh, I need one of those. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, babe, I'll be there just a second. Yeah, and I'm looking, you know, I'm just like, man, that, that really, I could use that right now, right? I could really use that. And then the guy comes out, like our neighbor, and I'm like, 
Hey, man, how are you? And I just, I start this conversation. It's a hotty ho neighbor. Everybody say, hotty ho neighbor. Yeah, and so I had, I'm the weird guy. I'm that guy. And so when they told me that I had the end message of the grass is greener, I was like, man, what is this? Some kind of meeting? You're trying to break me free from something here, you know, because this message is sort of hard for me because I'm the guy who's always comparing. I'm man enough to say it. I'm always comparing. I want, I want things to look like they're put together. I want, like my neighbor's grass, he's got it always good. Uh, and then Derek, Derek, who plays guitar up here, he's, he's my neighbor now. And he started having somebody come in and do his grass. I'm, I don't know if he's in here or not, but he started having them do his grass. And I go, well, shoot, I'm going to have to have somebody do that because mine don't look as good as his now. I'm the guy with all the dandelions. I'm the guy with the clover. I'm the guy. See what I mean? And so it's just this snowball effect. And so here I am to give you God's word about something that I struggle with. Come on. Really? Thanks, Pastor Eddie. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate that. So here's what God did with me. I was sitting right there. Mother's Day. My wife, she's so beautiful. She's speaking. It's very attractive when she speaks about God. Like, I love it, right? And so I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I I hear, like, the Spirit of the Lord, like, press on my chest, because I know that I'm going to have to speak in a couple of weeks. And he goes, hey, I want you to put a mower on stage. Did you hear that? Like, yeah, I felt like that was the case. And, and I literally, in my phone, I can show you my notes where it says, uh, mower, two bags, not sure. Okay? And that's where this whole message started from, was a mower, two bags, and I'm not sure. And so for the past two weeks, I've been trying to figure this out. Trying to figure out how do I talk about contentment and satisfaction when that's a struggle for me. But I believe that by the end of this thing, I had someone tell me, by the end of this thing, he said, man, you started really hitting on things. I was like, it's not me. It's the Spirit. It's the Lord. And so buckle up. Here we go. I love when, when I get something new, right? I, I just, I, I love it. I love it because it satisfies me for a moment. And then it, it goes downhill. I, I read this verse, and I, I think it goes well with contentment. You ready? It's in the app, and it's in Psalms 34, 34, 10. It's really cool. It's very poetic. It's like, even strong young lions go without and get hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. What it means is, the best of the best, the strong, the, thing, the people that you see that have it all together, right? Or the, the ones that are mighty and strong, right? They still go without. And they still get hungry. But those that keep their eyes focused, those that have their, have their vision set, their perspective on Jesus, their focus on Jesus lacks nothing. And I need to hear that over and over and over and over. Fix your eyes, Jason. Fix your eyes. There's so many people that I talk to and that, I, I, that I, I counsel with here and families that struggle with contentment and satis, uh, satisfaction. And maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, no, I'm pretty content, I'm fine. Well, just wait. 
because I thought the same thing because I started trying to get out of this comparison thing and I felt pretty content. And then by the end of it, the Lord just slapped me in the face with a bunch of stuff. We are, we, we, we are so not content as Americans. I'm just gonna be honest. We're not, we, we always are complaining about something. We're never satisfied. We truly are never satisfied. We may be satisfied for just a minute when something new happens or what, but give it time. There's something that we're gonna complain about. There's something that we're always gonna compare to. And I'm, I'm gonna tell, give you some, uh, some examples because of conversations that I've had in our community. We are always not satisfied. If we just had a yard that looked like theirs, like I was, if I just had that on our street, I would feel better about myself and I can move forward. How about this one? If I just had a spouse like that, I know that got real, but that's true. That's a legit thing, someone said. If I just had kids that acted like that, then our family would be okay. I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. If they would just act like so-and-so's kids, it would be okay. If I just had a spouse that would actually do something for once, you see what I'm saying? If I just had a job that was like theirs. If I had that kind of money, then I would never have to worry. If I had that kind of money, I would provide and everything would be okay. It's always never enough, never satisfied. We're always not content. Why? Based off of the conversations that I've had, here's the primary reason. You ready? Exhaustion. They're tired. They're exhausted. They're, they've tried so, so hard to keep it together, put it together, make on Instagram, make everything look so happy, so good. And they're so tired that what comes out is just like shaking up a soda and it goes everywhere. That may be people in this room, it may be you watching online. I know for a fact that I've counseled with people in our community that struggle with this. And they don't know how to be satisfied. I was just in Charleston uh, the other day on a work trip and, and also with my son. And I was in Starbucks and uh, I was getting a coffee and this girl comes up and she orders, I don't know what she ordered, she ordered something and she told her exactly how she wanted it. I was like, that's awesome. She knows all the little lingo, that's great. Um, and then she orders it, okay, right? So then she says, so-and-so, your coffee's ready? She goes, oh, thank you. She takes a sip as she's walking away, and she goes, no, hon, that ain't gonna work. And she gets it back, right? Now, granted, I know she took out a mortgage to pay for the coffee, so I understand that she wants to get, like, the right, I understand that. Like, I can understand. But then it didn't stop. So she told her again, this is how you make the coffee, and the, the barista was so kind. She was great. She, she said, here, go ahead and take that coffee. I'm so sorry. I'll make it. Tell me again how you want it. And she told her exactly what she wanted. And so I watched the barista. The barista did exactly what she did. She gave it to her. Honey, this is not right. Gives it back to her. And I'm going, it's coffee. Like, my word. Like, just just sip on it and go at this point. And she did it about three times, okay? 
And I'm watching this thing. And she goes out to her, her people or whatever, bless her heart, and she is just not content whatsoever. And she is bad-mouthing that barista. Now, the barista gave that girl every coffee that she didn't like, right? And that girl gave it to all of her friends. But this girl is just bad. And I thought, for when I was doing this message, I'm like, I know that's not everybody, and I know that I've done that, and I understand, like, there's things that I even do that I later go, why did I do that? But it dawned on me, over coffee, how just discontent we are as human beings, that we would create this idea of, you serve me until I'm good. And that's not okay. That's not okay. It takes a lot for us to, to get satisfied. Satisfied, that's a fun word, satisfied. So guess what I did? I went to the interwebs, and I was like, satisfied. What does satisfied mean? Just as simple as like Google, what does satisfied mean? Boom, a lot of stuff, right? Well, then I wanna read you, this is like the definition of, Satisfaction, all right, is the act of fulfilling a need, desire, or appetite, or the feeling gained from such fulfillment. Satisfaction means you've had enough in a good way, all right? That's the definition. Then, (laughs) this is what's crazy. I started looking, and there were these, like, doctors and people that were really, really smart, way smarter than me, that have all these like opinions and things about being satisfied. And I was blown away by their answer. Now this is really smart people, okay? They wrote, nature and evolution, period, humans are not designed to be happy or even content. Instead, we are designed primarily to survive and reproduce like every other creature in in the natural world. A state of contentment is discouraged by nature because it would lower our guard against possible threats to our survival. Now, really smart people wrote this at the end. This is how they topped it off. Humans aren't designed to be happy, so stop trying. What? I beg your pardon, sir. You know? Humans aren't designed to be happy, so stop trying. Here's what I, when I read that, here's what I felt. I felt that whoever wrote that, I don't know them personally, but based off of their their opinion, I don't know that they know Jesus. I don't know that because of their lack of knowledge of who Jesus is and the relationship there, that they actually do have hope and they can be happy and they can be content. And humans, yes, are supposed to be fulfilled and have life to the fullest and to be blessed. But guys, we have a a problem Most of us will never fully see that. Why? Because our yard, our yard 
is just full of weeds. Full of weeds. And that hurts me because I'm in the same boat as you are. Let's continue. The truth is, most of us are trying to find happiness and satisfaction in all the wrong places. And, and here's what's sad, is that probably some of you here and those who are watching online, when I said the line, humans are not supposed to be happy, so stop trying, some of you truly were like, oh, thank you, Lord. Because you're exhausted. And you're tired of trying. You put on faking it to make it every single Sunday you've come in here, in your community, in your kids' schools and stuff. You're so exhausted that you were just so relieved that someone said that you, ha- you could stop. And I, listen, I'm not saying this is the most coolest name, but I've been called Joy Boy before, Okay. <laughs> Joy Boy. I feel like that's, a, that's my superhero. But I've been called Joy Boy before. And why? Because most of the time, I'm just happy. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm full of joy. I love making people laugh, or trying to at least. I love people. And, and I, I just, I, I, feel, I love being joyful. Does that mean that I'm happy all the time, though? Nope. I'm not. And I'm smiling because it's awkward, okay? I'm not. Am I all the time satisfied with the things that I have? I told you, I fake fix campers to see what someone else has. No, I'm not satisfied all the time. But when in those moments, in those times, I, I look back and I go, okay, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Nehemiah 8.10. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That means I'm not being happy right now because I'm trying to fulfill myself with something that is going to fade, that's not going to add up. And so instead of me running down that path and being discouraged, depressed, and falling off the deep end, you've probably heard some of my story about mental health and stuff like that. I know where that's going to end, so I'm going to stop right now and choose to get off that bus and go, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I am, I am sustained. I am satisfied, not in what I have, but in whose I am. In the name of Jesus, let's go. That's where I, that's me. And some of you need to do it. You need to stop and say, excuse me, bus driver of this horrible ride down destruction. I'm getting off this bus and I'm choosing to be satisfied with whose I am, not with what I have. Does it always, after I do that and declare it, does it make me go to No! After I say that, after I do that, man, voices come even harder. You'll never add up. You'll never add up. And I go, bring it on. Joy boy. I've had to get to that place. If I'm still breathing, he's not done with me. Amen? If you're still breathing, he's not done with you. 
And so just because you have a bunch of stupid voices in your head that say you're a nobody because you don't have blah, 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 or whatever, we have the choice to get up and stand up and proclaim victory. I've said it before, Romans 8, 37 is on my, on my body tattooed because I've had so much struggle with this, I need a mental, like visual thing that says, I know whose I am and victory is mine through Christ Jesus. Get you some of that, enemy. Guys, I think a lot of us need this kind of attitude. Because the culture we live in, they're coming for us. The enemy knows that he, they can get, take you down quick. And you have a lot of weeds in our lives that are smothering us. I am satisfied, not because of, who I, uh, because of what I have, but whose I am. Casey, my wife, started this whole series with Psalms 23. And I remember I go back to that verse in these, even though I walk through the, uh, the darkest valley. Some of you guys are there. Some of you are in a dark valley. Even though you walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me amongst my enemies. I love that. That's verse five. My enemies are coming after me, but Lord, I know you have prepared a feast for me and all my enemies are gonna get to watch me and you just have dinner together. Y'all feeling what I'm saying now? You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Some of you came in here today with the driest cup. I can see it written all over you. But you don't have to go out that way. When we change our perspective and we remember whose we are, not what we have, but whose we are, immediately he makes us lie down in lush green grass that he's already provided for you. He allows us to see and rest and know that he is he is God. That's just for me personally. I, okay, let me make sure that everyone understands what I'm saying. I'm not saying that things don't bring happiness. I'm not up here saying, don't you go buy that boat this summer. The Lord ain't gonna find favor on that. That's not what I'm saying. Like, truly, I know for, for me and my family, like we have saved over the last year, we have saved and saved and saved and saved. And I bought a little camper for my, for my family. And I gotta tell you, I know for a fact that that's gonna bring some happiness to my family. It is. But am I resting all my satisfaction and all my pride and everything on this one thing that I have? Absolutely not. I have this camper because I rest in the faithfulness of the Lord. I, I rest in my satisfaction being from whose I am. And the camper, all that, that's just fun play. I can't take that to heaven with me. He's got a mansion for me. Why would I need that camper? See what I'm saying? So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have fun and I'm gonna pour into my kids and I'm gonna take my kids out there and I'm gonna say, you see this camper, guys? Guess what? The Lord allowed us to have this camper. 
and I throw it back to him all the time. Why? Because my eyes are focused on whose I am. As soon as I take my eyes off of that, my, my yard, my life gets out of control. So how can you truly be satisfied in the Lord? How, how can you do that? We've talked about that a good bit, but how can you truly be satisfied in the Lord? I'm gonna give you some takeaways and we're gonna get out of here. I, I believe it starts with self-care. Like you have to, uh, like for instance, this lawnmower, this is a electric, not electric, but like a battery powered mower. It's pretty, pretty dope actually, except for that squeak. <clears throat> Fix that later. Um, I, I bought this when I was in Florida because I had like a, one foot by one foot yard, <laughs> okay? And I was just like, and we're done, put it in, in the garage, right? But when I moved back here, I'm used to like Cub Cadets, like John Deere's. I love cutting grass. Like that's therapeutic for me. I love it. And, but what I use my mower for is maintenance. Like I use my mower to maintain my property, to cut away and get it looking to where I can actually see what's going on. You see what I'm saying? And so how do we apply this to our lives? Some of you guys need to start mowing your life. You need to maintain so you can actually see what's going on inside your life. You're going to stop that. You didn't squeal for service. Gosh. Some of you guys need to maintain your property, your life. You need to literally cut some grass so you can see really what's going on. You need to get your hands dirty going, I'm not okay, so I've got to figure out what's going on. So when you see a mower from this point on, I want you to think outside. Today, when someone's cutting grass on the Lord's Day, forgive them. Here's what I'm saying. That's a southern thing if you're watching online. When someone's cutting grass today, I want you to remember in my own personal life, am I maintaining? Is something going on inside of me that I'm not aware of, but because I'm cutting grass, cutting some things away, I'm able to see really what's going on. So you're gonna maintain, you're gonna mow, you're gonna, you're gonna look at that. Here, here's what's crazy. If you're anything like me, some of us, our yards actually look okay. They're green. But when you're cutting and you're looking, you're like, hmm, I thought I had zoysia grass or Bermuda grass. No, all I have is clover. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like literally from the street, you're like, oh, my grass looks good. <laughs> Knowing it's just a bunch of weeds that are green. Okay? And here's what's crazy. I hate clover. I'm going to punch it in the face. And here's the reason why. Because it spreads so fast, so quick. Yes, it's cute. Let's go out and look for four-leaf clovers that I never find. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, I love that fact. But for my grass, what it does is it smothers what's supposed to be there. I pay good money for seed, zoysia seeds. It's like, zoysia is like a carpet, okay? Like, my, my uh, Casey's great uncle started this long time ago with zoysia, and so I sort of inherited it. And so I have put that out, right? But daggum, if that clover don't come over and just start smothering it, it won't let the real seed in the grass grow because the weeds are coming over. Dandelions, you know what I'm talking about? 
those little spiky things that make you want to say words that you shouldn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what's taking over. If you cut grass, right, and you are just cutting weeds, guess what it's doing? It's throwing all those weeds out, and it's like seeds, and it's going everywhere. If your life is full of weeds, you're going to spew things out of your mouth that you don't even know that you have, and they're going to affect other people, and it's going to be really bad for you. Are y'all following what I'm saying? I don't own a lawn care service. I went to Lowe's, bought this. Like, I don't know much about weeds, so don't come after church and be like, hey, tell me about this weed that you have in your yard. I'll be like, I don't know. But I do love trying to figure it out. And so here's what I know. Weed and feed. How many people have never heard of weed and feed before? Okay. I'm going to throw my dad under the bus. <laughs> so my dad, he has never heard of weed and feed ever in his life. When I was going over this, he's a speaker, if you don't know. And I was going over my message with him. And I was like, hey, I just want to throw some stuff out there. I'm going, I got this point that I want to make with weed and feed. He's like, is that a young term that you guys are using now? 40 years old. Not a young term. It's weed and feed, Dad. Have you never heard of weed and feed? He said, no, never heard of weed and feed. Weed and feed is real simple. It takes out the weed and it feeds it with nutrients. Y'all following me? And for some of you guys, including myself, we need weed and feed in our life more than you know. We, we need to call things out. When, when there's sin in our lives, we need to call it out and say, that's a sin and that's causing me to have a bad decisions on this, on this other end. Why am I always responding out of anger to my kids? I need to look and I need to say, where are some weeds in my life that I need to get rid of and then allow the word of God reading it, you know, praying over it. Come, let that come in and feed me with the right nutrients. We need weed and feed in our life. And then on the third thing that we got to have is fertilizer. What's fertilizer do? Is that not the same as weed and feed? No. I found this out real quick. Because if you put fertilizer on weeds, guess what happens? Weeds! Okay? Fertilizer goes deep under the soil and it changes how the soil is and, and it just energizes and it shocks it and it grows what's being what's there so you have to maintain your yard figure out what it is in your life you gotta you gotta just comb it figure it out who what is inside oh i see that weed i'm gonna tell it i see you no longer are you gonna be in my life because you are smothering what should be there and then i'm gonna have a community like a local church that's gonna pour into me that's gonna i can go to life track i can figure out my purpose i can go to home groups and i can be around people that are gonna uh, help me walk through life because what that's going to do is they're going to fertilize my soul and they're going to help me grow so now I have a yard that is so thick so beautiful that I am proud of whose I am instead of what I have do you understand we've got to get to that point where we're okay with saying okay now that we've done all this, 
Jesus, you're enough. At the end of the day, Jesus, you're enough. And it's hard work. Like, I, I understand there are people in here that live in, like, apartment complexes that don't cut their grass. I'm hoping that you're going with me here, okay? Some of you, I know you pay people to cut your grass. I understand that. But this is not a sermon on, like, just grass. This is a sermon on your life. And I'm using this as an illustration saying, guys, some of you are about to head down a really dark road because you have a lot of weeds in your life. I want to close with this. My, my dad, again, I threw him under the bus, so I'm going to help him out here. My dad said something to me a while ago, or last night even, that I went, that's it, that's it. He said, Chasen, he said, almost 40 years that you've been alive, I thought I had great grass. I never knew anything different. Until I had an expert that came into my life and went out and looked at my yard and said, Mr. Callahan, you know you don't have any grass, right? And I, he said, sure I do. It's, yeah. He said, no, sir, you don't. Like, you literally don't have any grass. You, you, all you have are weeds. All you have are weeds. No. And if you, if you know my dad, you can imagine him, no, come and show me, show me, show me. And he's like, that's clover. That's this, that, really? Wow. So then he, he got connected with our buddy Jonathan that goes to church here, Earth Products, and he, he, um, he wanted, he talked to him. He's like, what do I do about this? He's like, well, if you don't know what grass really looks like, then why don't, let's get you some sod around this little creek thing that he has. And so him and my mom, they, they were able to get some sod. <laughs> you should see my dad. He was like, like a kid on Christmas morning. He's like, can you believe it? There's grass. Look at the grass. So good. I never knew it could be like this. I never knew what I was missing out on. I thought I had all this luscious grass. All I had was weeds. But look, some of you will never know the fullness of God because you're content with weeds. That's true. And you're missing out. You're missing out. You're missing out because you can't have what the other person has, so you're content with the weeds. And it's smothering you. It's smothering you so much that it's not allowing what's supposed to be there and what God has already put in your life flourish because you're content with the weeds and you would rather cut a bunch of weeds and spread those out instead of just getting your hands dirty and going, I'm okay talking about this. Men, listen to me. I've been going to therapy for the last year and a half, two years. I hated talking about my feelings. But I tell you this, I'm a better man now 
when I confess with my mouth that I have weeds in my life, I have issues in my life, I have not been kind to my wife during a season because of X, Y, and Z in my life. I've been not okay with my kids because of, do you see what I'm going with this? We confess with our mouths that there's weeds in our life and we start calling them out. Jesus, forgive me, Lord. I want to change. And then we start coming to church and we start getting fed and we start changing the way that we are and we maintain our yards all because we got our hands a little dirty. Grass doesn't stay green by itself. Someone is responsible for that grass being green. You, 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 you. I wish I could go to every person. You are responsible for your life. You are responsible. So let's start maintaining. Let's start weeding, feeding it. And let's start growing. This church, this community, Powdersville, Easley, everywhere around here, Greenville, we don't need people with a bunch of green weeds. The kingdom, I told you guys this Wednesday night at Worship Stories, which was amazing. I told you, I said, revival's coming whether we're ready for it or not. And God's growing up a crop of people (laughs) and he's coming for us. And here's what I want you to know. He's... He's got luscious green grass ready for you. But it's time we make the choice to start doing some self-care so we can truly be full. Those who seek the Lord lack nothing. Will you guys stand with me? Those who seek the Lord lack nothing. As we close today, I want to do something that's not spirit, like it's not makes you more spiritual but would you just don't no one leave the room and just close your eyes for me real quick just close your eyes I want you to picture that you're on a back porch and you're able to look out over your yard and your yard is your life when you look out over your yard your life what do you see I think some of you see what used to be flourishing and great. And when people walk by, they go, I want what they have. But you took your eyes off Jesus and it's out of control. I think some of you see, you're sort of like my dad. You never knew what you were missing out on. If you're being smothered by weeds in your life and you you would like prayer, would you just raise your hand? First service we had, yeah, we had people all over this place. Absolutely. I'm raising my hand too. Lord, you see these people that are dying right now. They're being smothered by weeds and and they, Lord, I pray right now that you just speak to them in a mighty way. Not Chasen's words, but your words. Spirit, would you press on their hearts? Would you help them call out things in their lives that they need to deal with and take out so what is supposed to grow can grow? Father, hold them. We rest on you. 
Jesus, you are enough for us. You're enough for us. Lord, I pray that it just becomes more and more obvious that that's all we need. May we worship you, Lord, in a mighty way. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.